Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast today. We're talking about the covenants of promise. And this is lesson number 10. And before we get started, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done this already, subscribe to our YouTube channel and go ahead and and ring the bell for notifications. And then also, if you would, give us a like. That helps us out, uh, believe me. And uh, we do appreciate your support in that regard. And if you do not yet have the email devotional that comes with every one of these lessons, go to myfaithroots.com and sign up, and we'll get you an email lesson to go along with this every single day. Ephesians 2.12, 26 translations. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel outside of God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. Isn't it amazing? God has made it possible for any of us, regardless of where we come from, what we did, what our sins were, what our parents did, what their sins were. God's made it possible for us to come into this amazing family you know, when I was a little boy and I went to Sunday school uh, with my grandma, my grandma went all the time, so she was a regular. She felt very much at home there. I didn't. And I would go into the class, and I never had on a sport coat or suit. I didn't own one. And uh, I, my dress shoes were always either too big or too little. Uh, we bought them for a long time, and... They had to last a long time, and, and they, they were never as nice-looking as the shoes the other boys had. And I remember how awkward I felt going into that class. That's why I didn't like going. I didn't go there very much, and I certainly didn't understand the King James Bible and sat in a beige folding chair and a, with a beige tile floor, beige walls, beige ceiling, everything beige. <laughs> and I didn't get a whole lot out of that Sunday school class, i got to tell you. But, you know, uh, I didn't feel like I belonged. And God wants us to belong. God wants you to belong. And so that's part of the reason I'm doing this study is because I want you to understand how God went to such a great length for you to belong. He wants you to belong to His family. The Lord gave Abraham and Sarah the creative words that would enable them to have their baby boy. And when he did this in Genesis chapter 17, he did something else. He gave them also the sign of circumcision. Now, Sarah wasn't circumcised. Abraham was. And uh, we don't believe in female circumcision, but, but uh, Abraham was circumcised. And, and you can have your children circumcised today if you want. Uh, it's not required uh, it may be a good thing health-wise, but uh, there's certainly no requirement for salvation, uh, trust me. Genesis chapter 17, verse 11, you are to undergo circumcision, and notice what it says, verse 11, and it will be the sign of the covenant. God didn't say it's the crux of the covenant, it's the heart of the covenant, it's the essence of the covenant. It didn't say that. It said it's the sign of the covenant. All of the ritual sacrifices in the Old Testament, every one of them, all the sacred rites, all the observances were given to the patriarchs, to the children of Israel. They all served as signs of the realities that would be fulfilled in Christ. For instance, Jesus is the Passover lamb. Can, can I tell you a little story? Um, you know, I come from West Texas, and I'm very familiar with this concept, trust me. 
um, out there where we have feedlots, it really stinks to high heaven. And if your house happens to be downwind, uh, the prevailing wind, downwind from a feedlot, you've got a terrible smell on your hands. And so there were so many sheep in the land of Canaan, in the land of Israel actually, that the smells around Jerusalem became unbearable because no matter where you were, the smell was really eating on you. So the rabbis issued a ruling that there could be no sheep kept anywhere near Jerusalem. They had to take them out in the wilderness and they had to raise their sheep in the wilderness areas just because of the smell. This the inordinate numbers of animals. There was one exception made, however, and that exception was the little flock of Passover lambs that was kept at Bethlehem. And so when Jesus was born on, uh, the, in the nighttime and uh, the shepherds were out in the fields keeping their flocks of sheep, the angel came and he appeared to these shepherds and told them about the birth of the Christ child and he wanted them to go to the city to witness what had happened and to see this baby. Now why is that? Well, if Jesus is the Passover lamb, it's only fitting that the shepherds who watch all of the Passover lambs born see the fulfillment of the symbol that they've been participating in all these years. So Jesus was the real Passover lamb. My, my source on that is... Uh, Alfred Eidersheim's Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. All of these ritual sacrifices then, the sacred rites, they were pictures. Circumcision did not make Abraham right with God. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. That's in Genesis 15, 6. Abram was already saved. He was already righteous. The circumcision was added later as a symbol. It is a very important symbol in this covenant with Abraham, but it is not what made him right with God. Now, listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things to come. You know, we went into a church one time years ago in a church that I worked in that believed in having church on Saturdays. And uh, uh, we, of course, met on Sundays. But uh, anyway, they didn't approve of our day of meeting. Eventually that dried up and we couldn't use the facility anymore. But uh, uh, they're, they're just absolutely set on it's got to be a Sabbath day. It's got to be the Saturday that you worship. Paul said, don't let people judge you on those things. Uh, I think you ought to have a Sabbath every week, but to say that it has to be this and such day, uh, I'll tell you another thing. I, I, I get tickled at people every year. They get all upset over the fact that we use the term Easter. Well, I agree. Easter is derived from Astarte, who was a pagan god, and she's called Ashtoreth in the Old Testament. Uh, but when we say Easter in our culture, we're not thinking about this pagan goddess. We're thinking about the day that Christ was raised from the dead. And I, I hear people get into wars over this and split churches over what you call the day of the Lord's resurrection. And I would just ask you this question, what day of the week is it? Is it Monday? 
Is it Thor's Thursday, Friday's day, Saturn's day, the Sunday? You see, every day of the week was named after a Roman or a Greek god or a Scandinavian god, as in the case of Thor and Thursday. And so if we're going to be totally legalistic about what we call Easter, then I, I would suggest to be consistent, we need to change what we call certain days of the week. Good luck with that one. All of the sacrifices, celebrations, and rites are set forth for symbols. And as such, they played a real purpose. Look at Exodus chapter 4, verses 25-26. And this really bothers a lot of people, by the way. At a lodging place along the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. Now, there's some conjecture here. It was that Moses is about to be killed or his son. And he's going from Midian, where he's been hiding, living for 40 years. He's coming back in to set the children of Israel free. But Zephorah, his wife, took a flint knife. She cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it. And she said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So the Lord let him alone. And at that time she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. So here's the problem. Moses is about to come and deliver the children of Israel on the basis of the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me read that to you. That's Exodus 2.24. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Why? Because he had made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. On the basis of covenant, Moses is coming back into the land, but Moses' very own son is not circumcised. And so God had said in Genesis chapter 17, verse 14, any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh, we're not talking about spiritual circumcision, this is back in those days, he will be cut off from his people, he has broken my covenant. Now, come on now, think about this for a minute. If God really wanted to kill Moses or Eliezer, whoever uh, we're talking about here, if God wanted to do that, it would have been done that quick. It, that, that was not God's point. But he was letting them know, take this serious. This sign of the covenant means something. And no covenant, no rescue operation, and no circumcision, no covenant. That's just the, the simple truth of the matter. And so Moses has to realize that. Now the strict enforcement of this symbol points to an absolute necessity in this present time. And here's what it is. You and I must be born again. In other words, if you are not born again, you are not in the family of God. And being born again is also called the circumcision of the heart. That's why God was so strict on this symbolism back there with Moses. Because Moses had to know, listen, you are carrying forth a picture of a covenant to come. And the covenant to come is a new birth where someone has circumcision of the heart. Let me read it to you. Romans chapter 2, verses 28-29. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, 
not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. So the Scripture makes it very clear. When any one of us believes on Christ, there was an inward cutting away of something in your heart. You know what it is? It's your sin nature. And the Bible doesn't say that God reaches in, grabs your spirit, pulls it out, and puts another spirit in. No, He doesn't do that. He reaches in and He does what only the Holy Spirit can do. And He takes out the sinful part of your spirit, leaves the rest, and regenerates it and completely remakes it. You become a new creation. And that's why it was so important for the people of Israel to be circumcised during those days. It was because of uh, it's a picture of the New Testament. You, you got to be saved. You have to be born again. And by the way, my children had to be born again. They don't go to heaven because of daddy's faith. Now I can influence my kids, but every one of them has to make his own decision for Christ. They all have to come to Christ. God doesn't have any grandchildren, we like to say. And so that's why. Uh, Moses' son Eliezer could not make it on his dad's circumcision. And this is fascinating to me. When Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile River and was with her maids and she was bathing down there in the river and they heard the Hebrew baby crying and they went over and found the little ark, that, the little basket that had been pitched with tar that would float and baby Moses was there they said, this is a Hebrew baby. Well, how do they know it's a Hebrew baby? Because he's circumcised. And so Moses is circumcised. And here he is later rescuing the children of Israel. And his son's not circumcised. He needed to take care of that. That's something where he goofed and God brought it back around. Now, when anyone then believes on Christ, there's an inward cutting away of the sin nature of the heart this is called being born again. And you can't do it with good deeds. Good deeds does not cause you to be born again. Uh, you are born again because you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You believe that He died for your sins, that He was raised from the dead. Now, I have not done this much in these podcasts, but I'm going to do it today. If you are here watching right now, and you have never made that commitment to Christ to be born again, pray with me right there where you're watching. Let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent Jesus to die in my place. He paid for my sins so I could be saved. You raised him from the dead. This I believe in my heart. I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. By faith, I am born again. Thank you, Lord, for changing my heart. Amen. Well, that's all the time that we have today. And you know, if you watch this podcast, I'm going to continue to help you in your walk with God. So if you just pray that prayer and God started, you, you stay with me because we'll keep growing together in this new walk with God that you just experienced. Thank you very much.